men were in the, they were in the prison and they praised the Lord and their chains fell off and the doors were open, not only for them, but every single person in that prison got the victory. But what would have happened if they just sat there and said, no, I'm good with my circumstances. I'm satisfied with being here, even though I've been given the key, even though I've been given the victory, even though I've been given the freedom. Let's not do that today. Let's get up. Let's get out of the grave. Let's get out of the tomb. Let's take off the chains because God has every single key. He can open up any door. He will set you free because who the sun sets free is free indeed. Let's get up out of the grave this morning. Don't swallow in your circumstances. Plant your feet firmly on the rock of our salvation. Hold on to the joy of the Lord because that is where our strength comes from. So let's get up out of the grave again. Turn me around, you place my feet on solid ground. I think the master, I think the savior, because you healed my heart, you changed my life forever free. I'm not the same. I think the master, I think the savior, I thank God. I thank God.
Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Third time's a charm. It's good to see everybody this morning. Got a couple announcements here we'll get through. Um, remember bowling at Southwest Bowl September 15th. It's a Friday, right? I think it's a Friday. Thank you. Yep. Everything's a sign-up sheet in the back, so... Just assume if I don't say it, that's where it's at. 
Uh, baby dedication September 17th. So if you got a baby you want to dedicate to the Lord or you're going to have one before then, we can do that. Sign up sheets in the back. Uh, there's no church-wide prayer tomorrow for Labor Day. Doesn't mean you can't pray. Just means we won't be here praying. So take the time to pray and remember to me, Labor Day is, you know, it's all about the labor, right? It's all about celebrating the, the labor that keeps the world turning, blah, blah, blah. But to me, it's about the Lord continuing to be our provider. Hey, Amen. We take that day and we say, he's still providing. He's still good. So I'm going to pray, you know, pray that day and, and remember him every day. Uh, we're going to take up the tithe and offering this morning. I'm just going to pray over it real quick and then you can bring it up, okay? Heavenly Father, I pray that you would put your blessing upon the tithe. I pray that you would put your blessing upon the offering. God, that you come and move in hearts. That you come and set people free. That you'd remind us, Lord, everything comes from you. Everything good comes from you. You're the author and finisher of our faith. You're the one who provides everything we have. You've never forgotten about us, Lord. Even when we're asleep, you're not sleeping, you're thinking about us. Pray that you would bless us, Lord, in the kingdom and bless us here on this earth, God, as we give. Let us be an example and a shining light to those who need you. Let us be a shining light to those who are maybe struggling with finances, God. They can look and say, how is that happening with you? And you can say, it's all from him. I pray that you would just put your blessing upon it, God. Let it go far in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to take a second to say, so I'm going to we'll bring up Pastor Rick Burks here in just a minute, who's come uh, to be with us again. But I want to say something. Recently, I've been listening to a guy, an old-timey type evangelical preacher on, on YouTube and stuff, and he's a good old boy. He's a, I don't know if his name's Billy Kelly, for any of you guys who may remember, but he's one of those Eastern Tennessee boys who loves his biscuits and loves his lemon pie and all that. And I've been listening to him quite a bit. He brings the word. And Samara, just yesterday, I was talking to her in the car, and she looked at me, and she said, you know what? You're starting to talk like him a little too much. And I was like... What's that? She said, yeah, you're starting to sound like him, you know? And I think, oh, okay. Yeah, that happens to me sometimes. I used to be in, from, you know, from Southern Ohio. I used to live down there. And when I come up here, I remember people said, you're a little country, aren't you? And I was like, I guess, I don't know. It's, you know, it's how people talk. And so I tend to, when I get around folks too long or something like that, I, they rub off on me. I pick up their dialect and stuff like that. And I just can't go without saying that it's the same way with Jesus. When I spend time with Jesus, when I'm around him enough, he just starts to rub off. Amen? He, you start walking like him. You start talking like him. You start living your life like him. But it comes from being around him. Amen? And I'm all right with that. I'm all right with changing me to be more of him. Even if somebody says, you're different. You're starting to act different. You're starting to talk different. You look different. I'm like, that's because I'm spending time with Jesus. He's rubbing off on me, amen? He's going to come and make everything new. And it's not going to look like me anymore. 
Amen. So this morning, as I introduce Pastor Rick Burks, our brother, I say the same thing about this man. Every time he comes here with his family and preaches the word, I carry some of that with me. He rubs off a little bit on me. You know why? Because he looks like Christ. He's spending time with the Lord. So I encourage you this morning, let the guard down, take the walls down. You can trust the word that's coming today. Amen. You can let it get in there and rub off on you and change you a little bit. Amen. Let's welcome Brother Rick Burke. Hallelujah. It is good to be here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just let's just praise the Lord. Let's just worship him just for a moment. Just lift your hands right now. Hallelujah. God, I thank you. I thank you for what you're doing today. I thank you that this is not an ordinary day. I thank you, God, that you had a plan and purpose just for today to bless these people, Father. And I thank you, Father, that is coming, Father. I thank you right now, Father, depression is falling off. I thank you that encouragement is increasing. I thank you, Father, where there's been no hope, there is now hope, God. I thank you, God, that we are just thinking about victory, thinking about breakthrough. It's just in us right now. I, God, I just thank you that the limitations are removed right now, God. I thank you, Father, for everything the devil said that couldn't be. We now know that it can be and will be through Jesus Christ. God, I just thank you right now for stirring up right now, a refreshing right now in the people, God. I thank you that things will not be the same, God. I thank you, God, that there's something unique going on today in these people right now. I thank you, God, for what you're doing. I just thank you, God, right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand praise today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you that God is doing something. Hallelujah. And I, I want to know what it is, and I want to be a part of it. Can we say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sitting here texting. I, I don't normally text during service, and definitely not when I'm up in front of people. But uh, I, 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 had a, I think this is so wonderful. Uh, there's a young lady that goes to our church. Our church is in Dayton, and we have service in the evening. We have service at 4 o'clock. It's kind of weird, but we're weird people anyway. Uh, so it all works out. But she was texting me. She said, hey, Pastor, I'm not going to be able to make it to service this evening. So should I go? I, I, but I want to be someplace. So I'm like, well, I'm in Urbana right now. You know, <laughs> here's the address there. Here's the address to Bacchus, you know. And even if you want to drive out to Kitten, you know. And I'm going... That felt so good. That felt so good that, that I could tell someone, you know what, if you can't make it to our service, I know of several great places that you can go and be fed by the Holy Ghost. That just felt so good. I, I don't know if you realize how good you got it. You know, I, I, you know and, and this is not my message, you know, so I'm probably meddling right now, but... but I just need you to know, and the Lord needs you to know, you got it good. Can we say amen to that? 
Yeah, yeah, and you need to know that. You need to know that. It, it doesn't matter if this church doesn't look like another church or if this church functions a little differently. You need to know that God has you where he wants you, and you got it good. Can we say amen to that? Yeah, yeah, I, I need you to be encouraged about that today. Hallelujah. Well, let me stop meddling and let me uh, preach uh, she just texted again. She said, I'm going to be late, 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 you know. <laughs> you know <laughs> help me with that, you know. Uh, kind of hard to preach and text at the same time. <laughs> and Pastor Kylie might, you know, have a conversation with me if I did that. So I don't want, even, although he's probably in the mountains or something, you know. Yeah, he, he's somewhere where there's no Wi-Fi. I know that, you know. Uh, uh, praise God. So listen, um, today, I, I, I want to let you know something, you know, uh, uh, in this world today, there's a lot of confusion, uh, uh, and we know who the author of confusion is, that's the devil, amen. And, and, but in this world today, you know, uh, uh, we, we get so caught up in, in, in what we want and what we think and how we feel, and, and I'm not saying that those things don't have a place. But their place is second place to the purpose and will of God. Can we say amen to that? And we live in a society today that encourages, you know what, if it makes sense to you, you know, do it. If, it, it, you know, if you're really passionate about it, do it. And, and, and listen, I'm a very passionate person, but my passions still remain subject to the Holy Spirit. Can we say amen to that? You know, I'm passionate about things, you know, but, but I still don't allow that to get in front of the Holy Spirit. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because the Lord put this in me, and I just want to share it with you. We were created for his glory. Come on, we were, say, say I was created for his glory. Yeah, and, and I'm telling you something, that, that kind of shifted something in me. Uh, as I begin to think about that, you know. So, so if I'm created or since I'm created for his glory and so are you, guess what? Pleasing him is now more important than pleasing myself. You, you, come on, you got to get this, you know. I live for his pleasure. Can we say amen to that? Yeah, you ever watch those movies? I, I, I like movies. You know, we have family movie night. But you got to watch what you watch nowadays. I mean, we I thank God for something called VidAngel. We, we watch movies on VidAngel, and I'm not a spokesperson for VidAngel, so this is not a paid endorsement or anything like that, you know. But we run movies through it because it cleans it all up. But I like those movies where there's a sword, you know, there's a sword, there's a, there's a horse, that, yeah, and there's some fighting. I, I, I kind of like that, you know. But, I, you know, I was watching a movie, and, and, and these 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 men and these knights, they were just they they they, they swore their allegiance to the king, and they said, you know, it is for you that we live, it is for you that we die, you know, it is we serve at the pleasure of the king. And I'm going, man, if they can do that about a guy sitting on the throne, how about I do that for the one that sits above every throne? And so now I'm starting to think, do I live that way? Do I walk that way? Do I talk that way? Do I respond to problems as if I was created for his glory? 
And if I'm going to be created for his glory and I'm going to live that way, then I'm going to honor him better with my life. You know, you get around difficult people. Anybody ever been? No, well, don't raise your hand, you know. <laughs> you know, sometimes we're around difficult people. And sometimes that's, that's, that's hard. And it's like, gosh, I really want to get away from you right now. You know, I really don't even want to talk to you right now. But then I remember I was created for his glory. And then I begin to think, maybe God is saying, hey, I trust you to be an example in front of this person right now. And I go, oh, okay. You know, then I go, hey, how you doing? You know, praise the Lord, you know. <laughs> but I just begin to think, what if God is saying, I trust you? I trust you. I trust you. You know, that's why I put you in this family. I know I'm really meddling now, you know. I, I, I put you in this family because I knew one day you would give your life to me. And then I would use you to be that voice in the family. I would use you to speak on my behalf. I know that family, you know, they, they've been like this since, since before you were born but I'm doing something new today, and, 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 I, and I had you in mind. You know, yeah, but, but my past, I know, I know with your colorful past, you know, I still had it in mind to use you to be the one that will begin to speak my word, that will begin to live my word. You would be the one. Well, but they don't pay attention to me. Ah, they act like they don't, but they're listening. They act like they're not looking, but they're watching. And they're watching for your consistency. Man, she's been talking like this now for the last decade, you know. Maybe she's pretty serious about it, you know. I think she is. Well, you know what? She does act a little different, you know. I know when we get to gossiping, she kind of leaves the conversation. I've noticed that, you know. Yeah, I noticed that too. She doesn't do that. She used to be the main one, you know, saying all kind of things about all kind of people. She doesn't do that anymore. Come on, somebody say, I was created for his glory. Yeah, so, so, so as, I, as we embrace that, I want to give you some scripture, you know, I, I, you know, and I just need to say this, you know, you may be the one. That's, that, that helps that hurting person. You know, people are hurting. You know that you realize that people are hurting. That's why so many things are, you know, doable or attractive. You know, maybe I should try this. Maybe I should try that. Well, people are looking for something. They just don't know it's Jesus. You know, so then we got to show them, you know, it's Jesus. Well, you don't understand. You haven't been what I've been through. Maybe I haven't, but I've been hurt before. I've been disappointed before. I've come to my wit's end before, and I needed something. I needed something greater than anything I ever had before. And now I know what it is. It's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. Come on, can we say amen to that? I'm telling you today that you were created, and there's a purpose in mind, and it's a purpose from God. 
Yeah, but what about all the mistakes I've made? Join the club. Yeah, he likes using people like that. Have you ever read the Bible? My goodness, Moses, you know, killed a guy. <coughs> you know, I'm going, man, if he can use Moses, you know, use a lot of people, you know. You know, Rahab, you know, a harlot? Come on, you know, we're talking about the Bible has people that have very colorful past. And God is saying, you know what, I, I, I still do that. I still use, so you may feel like, oh, I'm just kind of here and you know the devil is a liar. Can we say amen to that? Yeah, but I've made so many mistakes. Ah, uh-huh, you know, so have a lot of great men and women in the Bible. And God still desired to use them. And I want you to know today, he desires to use you. Doesn't that feel good to know that the creator of the universe says, can I I be in relationship with you? Can we talk? I mean, man, I I think about it. My wife, I mean, you know, this is my beautiful wife, amen, and and most of our children, you know, we still got another one. Uh, uh, She's probably at work or school or something. I I don't know, you know, those college kids. But anyway, You know, my wife, beautiful woman. Boy, I had to chase her. You, you realize that a guy like me just can't, you know, get a woman like that. You know what I mean? I, I had to chase and pursue and chase and pursue and chase and pursue. And finally, she just got tired, you know. <laughs> she said, oh, okay, little short guy, okay. <laughs> you know, all right, I'll go out with you, you know. And, 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 but I feel like sometimes that's how... Unfortunately, that's how God is doing me sometimes. He's just chasing and pursuing and chasing and pursuing and chasing. And then I, and I, and I think about it, I go, you know what? I don't want the creator of all to feel like he has to chase me. Come on, I, I just want to surrender to him. I just want to say, you know what, whatever you want, that's what I'm here for. Whatever it is that you desire. You know, you've been so good to me. I shouldn't be here by now. You know, I mean, to be honest, you know, if I, if I get real honest, I mean, okay, I'm saved now, but I wasn't always saved. You know, I don't drink now, but there was a time when I did. And, 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 and my goodness, the, the stupidity, the arrogance, you know, to, to drink and then drive. My goodness, you know, oh, I'll be all right. I can handle it, you know. I'm good. I know when I'm, you know, at, oh, my, the, the stupidity, you know. But he was with me every single time. The, the things that, the, you know, I don't fornicate now, but there was a time, you know. And, I, and I'm thinking, I'm like, gosh, you know, the people that, that die and, 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 and contract diseases and get into relationships that they wish they never had. Yeah, I was that guy. You know, but I'm not today, praise the Lord. So, so we all have different things, you know, you know, depression, heaviness, all this kind of stuff. But I want to let you know something. For the believer, it's not about what you think and how you feel. Listen, there's a lot of things in life that I want, you know. 
I mean, my, my kids, I, I've, I've infected my kids. They, they all now think about sports cars and, you know, and they already, you know, I want this and daddy, I want that. And, and if you get a new one, can I have your old one, you know? And, 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 and daddy, the one in the garage that you, you haven't been working on that needs a little fixing up, can I have that one, you know? Which the wife is probably not gonna let that happen. There's, there's an old Camaro that we have that, uh, she won't let me get rid of it, you know. And, and, and so, yeah, I better get off of that. She's looking like, don't bring that up. <laughs> but there's things that I want. But I need to let you know something today. If I never get them, it's okay. There's things that I want in life, and there's things I believe God's going to do. But if it never happens, I am just so satisfied that I live for his pleasure. I am just so, yeah, yeah okay, there's, I, there's a fleet of cars I want, and, 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 and the way we live in our house, I feel like we're all on top of each other. You know, I was cooking the other day, and I stepped back, and there was a transformer under my foot, and it had me do a split. I felt like a transformer, you know, but, but, but I, I, I'm saying, wow, I, I would love to have a new home. But if we never get it, guess what? I live for his glory. I was created for his glory. And you know what? I know this, that one day I got a mansion coming. Can we say amen to that? And, and guess what? I'm never going to come home and there's going to be a shingle off the roof on the streets of gold. You know, the gutter is never going to be leaning and I got to get a ladder and get back up, with, you know, because we had a bad storm. That's never going to happen. That's never going to happen. Those raccoons and squirrels and all that, we, we live by farm land, and so we, we get everything, you know. I mean, we get it all. And they climb on the fence, and they, they break the fence, and, you know, them, my daughter has an 85-pound dog, you know, that breaks the fence and all that kind of stuff. I'm never going to have to worry about that when I get to heaven. I'm never going to worry about that. So you know what? I may not get a lot of what I want here, but for the simple fact that I live for his glory, the simple fact I was created to be used by him, oh, you know what? That's worth it all. Because guess what? When I get there, I'm not going to worry about anything down here. Can we say amen to that? Come on, let me give you some scripture. You know, the, the Bible, the Bible's real clear about this how we ought to think. And in 1 Corinthians 14, uh, 33, and, and, I, and I know you guys know uh, uh, these verses, but 1 Corinthians 14, 33, real simple statement that we've heard uh, numerous times before. And it just simply says this, that, that for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all churches of the saints. So here's what I need to understand today. There is no confusion in what God has created me for and what he desires to do with me. He just says it real simple. I made you for me. It's real simple. There's no confusion. Well, but what about this and, and, and what about that? No, no, no. It's real simple. Look at your neighbor and say, you were created for God's glory. 
Yeah, it's that simple. It's that if you ever needed a purpose in life, there's your purpose right there. If you ever needed direction in life, start there. Well, but, but we got kids and, and, and 401k and retire and, and, and then there's a president election coming up and, and I don't like to, I, I get all of that. And I'm not saying that they don't have a place. I'm just saying those things are second place to one simple thing. I was created for his glory. Because guess what? Believe it or not, there's coming a day where Democrats and Republicans won't be a thing. There's coming a day where, you know, amendments and laws and laws that change this and provide this and do, there's coming a time where that won't be a thing anymore. So why would I engulf myself so much into that? Not saying that it's not important, but to the degree that that's all I think about. It's all I talk about. It just, it's just, it just, rest, oh, it just caused so much, you know, unsettlement in me. I can't even be at peace. Why would I do that when those things, the Bible says this, that the earth is fading away. So the things of the world, guess what? They're fading away too. So not that they're not important, not that we don't pray and do those kind of things. Oh, we do all of that. But I am not going to let that consume me to the point where I forget I was created for his glory. I was created with a purpose in mind. Can we say amen to that? You know, what's interesting in this same chapter, hallelujah, in verse, I don't know, let's see, maybe verse 26. Yeah, in that same chapter, it says, and this is the uh, King James Version, it says, how is it then, brethren, when ye come together, every one of you have a song, have a doctrine, have a tongue, have a revelation, have an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. My goodness. Somebody say all things. The Bible is saying that everything we do, because, see, we were created for his glory. So everything we do and say should be for the edifying it should be done for the good of all the church. Can we say amen to that? So now I got to ask myself, when I talk to you, when I interact with you, is it edifying? You know, uh, uh, and, 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 and I got to know what edifying means. Edifying doesn't mean to tear down, to beat up. You know, see, my job, I understand today, and my wife helped me to understand this. You know, she let me know, Rick, your job isn't to control me. But I'm the man of the house. She said, you may be the man of the house. She said, you may be the priest of the home, but your job is still not to control me. Wait a minute. Now, how am I going to be the priest, the head of the home, if I don't control you. She said, in the very same way that God is the head of your life, but God's not making you do anything. Well, that's a revelation. <laughs> Wait a minute, what are, you, what are you saying? You know, so now I start to look at God. He encourages me to do the right thing. 
He puts people in my life to say, hey, go this way, don't go that way, you know. He does that, but guess what? He is out, he's allowing me to choose. So wait a minute, if God's not making me do anything, where do I get off trying to make somebody else do things? God doesn't even do that. Can we say amen to that? You say, well, I don't know if that sounds right. Well, if God was making people do stuff, we'd all be doing the right things. Kind of simple to me. <laughs> but we know that's not happening. That doesn't even happen in the church. People in the church are not always doing what's right. But that's what love does. The Bible says that love does not demand its own way. And I'm going, okay, God, I must not know what love is. He goes, finally, <laughs> finally, yes, now you're getting it. So now I'm like, okay, I, I, I need to be about this. I want to walk in such a way that I keep in the front of my mind that I was created for his glory. So let's, let's take a look at a few more scriptures. Uh, uh, Jeremiah 9, and, we're, and again, we're talking about being created for God's glory. Jeremiah 9, let's look at verses, I don't know, let's see, maybe 23, I think. Yeah, let's look at 23. 23 and maybe 24. Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Hmm. So, I'm not to boast and set up a foundation that I rest upon just because I may have wisdom. Neither let the mighty man glory in his might. It doesn't look like it right now, but at one time I set, uh, 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 what was it, three or four state records and one national record for bench press. Yeah, I, I did that one time. I know you're looking like, okay, you know. <laughs> Doesn't really look like that now, you know. But, yeah, but it, it's true. I got my wife, and she wouldn't lie. She would be, boy, stop lying, you know, <laughs> sit down, you know. So, but I'm not to build up a confidence in that. It says, let not the rich man glory in his riches. So, even though I may have wealth, that is not, what I build upon, that's not where glory comes from. It says this, but let him that glorifieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. I have to confess, I've gotten it wrong for so many years. And there's nothing wrong with wisdom. There's nothing wrong with riches. There's nothing wrong with any of these things. But the problem is, you know, I can kind of use them for something that they weren't created for. And the Bible is telling me, if you're going to glory in anything, let it be this, that you understandeth and knoweth me that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. You want to know what makes God happy? 
when we understand that we know him and that he is a God that exercises loving kindness. So guess what? He's not the one making me sick. He's not the one that says, you know what? Let me teach you a lesson. Since you've been this way, now I'm going to put this on you. That's not what he's doing. If I just want to get honest about it, most of my problems stem from me. You know, uh, you know and, and I, I, don't, I, don't, I want to be sensitive. <clears throat> my dad, uh, I, I remember when my dad became very ill before he died, and he said, man, I don't understand why I have lung cancer. And I was kind of like, well, you smoked cigarettes for 35 years? You know, that, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not beating up on anybody, and I'm not, I'm not being insensitive, but he's like, why is this happening to me? Dad, you, you smoked. I mean, God, Dad, you, you like smell like smoke, and I'm not attacking anybody, you know, so he, he's talking about me. Well, I, I don't know that you smoke, you know, so I, uh, that, that's not what this is. But I'm going, Dad, you know, you, you know, I mean, like multiple packs, a day. So if I get real honest, a lot of what I've gone through is because of the decisions that I've made. You know, and then there's the devil too. You know, there's some things that I connected myself to that I didn't know. You may not know this about me, and I hope when I say this, you're going to go, oh, I, didn't, I never knew that. So you got to do that when I say it, okay? Uh, I used to own a nightclub. Love this church. <laughs> so guess what? There were things that I connected myself to that I didn't know. I didn't know that being in that environment would put me in touch with certain things, certain types of people. I didn't know certain demonic spirits hang out in those kind of places. You know, and I'm, why is this happening to me? I'm a good guy, you know. Dude, you owned a club, you know, and and a lot of things in darkness, you know, happened there. And even though you didn't understand it, it didn't stop it from happening. So I'm going, okay, all right. So God, what do we do now? This is very simple, you know, get born again. And when you're born again, I, I didn't know this. When you get born again, when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you know, I call it the great exchange. Because, see, what happens is all my unrighteousness, Jesus takes. And then he gives me his righteousness. And you know what? I have not really valued salvation like I should have. I'm, I'm just being honest, you know. He, he died on the cross and, you know, on TV, they show a little drop there and a little drop there, you know, you know, and he's still recognizable. But when I read the Bible, the Bible says he was beat so bad you couldn't tell who he was. And those thorns, we went to Israel one time. 
God said, now this tree right here, these, this is the type of tree that grew the type of thorns that they made the crown out of. On TV, you know, that, you know, those little bitty, you know, like this. In real life, they're like this. I mean, these thorns were like 12 to 13 inches long. And I'm going, there's no way that there was just a little drop there and a little drop there, you know. I'm like, man, I can't imagine the amount of blood. You know, when they beat him, they beat him with a cat of nine tails, and they would put glass, bone, and metal on the end of that whip. So when they, when they struck him, it would lodge into him. So when they pulled back, it brought something with it. And these guys were so skillful, they would make the whips different lengths. Because one thing about the body, and, and you, you know, if you, if you law enforcement or anything like this, you, you, you know this, or even in the medical field, it, you know, if, 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 if I was shot here and then shot a second time very close to that area, my body would only respond as if I've been shot one time. But if I'm shot here, and then I'm shot over here, now the amount of trauma increases in my body because my body recognizes, oh, you've been shot multiple times, buddy. You know, this is not good. And so what the Romans would do, they understood that, how the body responds to trauma. So they made the whips different lengths so they didn't overlap. So if one guy struck and it hit here, Maybe the second time would strike and it'd be over here, wanting to maximize the amount of pain and trauma that he would feel. That's what my Jesus did for me. So now, this being created for his glory, it means something much more to me. Because now I realize that you know what? This great exchange came at a great price. Can we say amen to that? This great exchange is not something to be taken lightly, you know? So, so now, as I live for him, I think about that. I think with that in my mind. He paid a price for me. So you know what? Maybe you did cut me off on the highway. And maybe you did almost cause an accident. And maybe that's my new car that I worked really hard to get. But you know what? I can't sit there and curse you out, tell you that you're number one. Somebody, oh, okay, number one, I get it. <laughs> I can't do that because here's what I did. This great exchange took place. And I say, okay, I give my life to you now. So now I live in such a way, it's not for me, I live for him. So guess what? If he says forgive the unforgivable, guess what I do? I say, okay, God, I'll forgive him. And, I, and I'm just straight up honest with him. Now, I really don't want to forgive them, but you told me to. So, okay, I will, but I need your help. He goes, good, because I didn't expect you to do this without me anyway. See, I was created 
for his glory. Can we say amen to that? So now I, I understand a little more. Okay, he never meant for me to live life. I want you to get this. He never meant for you and I to live life without a constant dependency on him. So I, I think we get this thing where we, 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 we're grown-ups, we're adults, and now we feel like, well, I got to figure it out on my own. Well, I'm still his child. My mom lets me know that. You know, my mom, uh, uh, just, just not too long ago, I had to do some traveling. And she texted me. She said, before you leave this country, you better not enter into another airspace and you haven't contacted me and told me, you know, checked in. With, I'm like, Mom, I'm almost 50. She said, it doesn't matter. You're still my son. So I'm like, okay, let me check in with, you know, mama. So I got mama, and then I got, you know, mother. I mean, you, I, I don't know. I, I get confused. But, uh, you know, uh, I said, let me, let me check in. So if she would view me like that, how much more does God view you and I like that? He's going, I don't care how old you get. You're still my child. You're still my child. Okay, so, so now, now I got this understanding, okay. I gave my life to him, that was a choice. But now that my life belongs to him, I need to learn how to live for him. It would be like if you gave me your car, you say, hey, Pastor Rick, borrow my car. You know, I really shouldn't drive your car like I drive mine. I really, I mean, you know, I'll hit the gas and pray for me, but I, I mean, I'll, you know, slap it into whatever, and you know. But your car, I should drive like I got some sense, you know. And, and, and I mean, really, if I respect you, if I honor you, if I come into your home, yeah, you guys come on for dinner, okay, great, you know, I shouldn't treat your home like my home, you know, like I might come home and just, Un just drop clothes right there in, in the foyer, in the kitchen, you know, I mean, whatever, you know. I shouldn't do that at your home. Matter of fact, I'm willing to bet if I did that, probably wouldn't get another invite, you know. We'll, we'll just meet at a local restaurant or something like that. I should treat it with respect and honor because it's not mine, amen? That's kind of like common sense, right? So then, why as a Christian... Do I treat my life like it's mine when I've given it to him? Why is it that I will justify and do whatever I feel like doing in the moment? But it doesn't belong to me. It's his. And he says, and you were created for my glory. If you want to glorify in anything, glorify in the fact that you know and understand this. And that I'm righteous in my judgments. So if God says it, even if I don't understand it, okay, God, you're righteous. You know, okay, you know, all, all right. You say forgive people and they've done the worst. Okay, if that's what you want me to do, I'll do it. He goes, yeah, because that's what I did with you. I forgave you for all the bad stuff you did. And he says, and I don't bring it up anymore. 
He says, I'll cast your sins as far as the east is. I don't know if I'm standing east, west, or if it's, I, I, I don't know. But, but he says, I'll cast your sins as far as the east is from the west. When do east and west ever meet again? They don't. So guess what? When he deals with us, he's not going, uh, Judah, now remember last week, He goes, he goes I've, I've forgiven you. And you're sitting up there, now, God, you know, I'm, I'm still, oh, God, just help me. He's Help you with what? Well, what I did last week, what are you talking about? What I think that I did, what I said, he, he's in heaven. Will somebody please tell me what he's talking about? He said, how is that possible? That's, that's what love does. I created you for my glory. I want you to experience my glory. I want you to experience forgiveness. So forgiveness means not only do I not bring it up anymore, but I have no resentment towards you about what was done. See, some of us don't know what that really feels like until you really get the understanding, oh, I was created for his glory. And then when you get it, guess what? You give a chance to allow someone else to experience it. And, and, and that person that wronged you, that person that should have been there for you, they should have never spoke to you like that. They should have never involved you in the things that they involved you in. Your life would have drastically been different had they not done what they did, but they did it anyway. But here's what you can experience. I've given my life to him, so now the great exchange has taken. So every hurt, every heartache, every rough place, he's taken that. And now he's given me healing, wholeness. I'm not a victim anymore. I don't live like what I've been through. You can't tell that maybe I grew up in a rough home, a verbally abusive home. You can't tell that, that maybe there was no love in my house growing up. Because, see, the, the great exchange took place. And now he allows me to live in a capacity that I couldn't on my own. So now, guess what? I love people. I love the unlovable. You know, when everyone else would go, oh, curse them, you know, da-da-da-da, they're getting what they deserve, I go, well, you know what? Let's just pray for them. Let's pray for them. Where does that come from? It's that great exchange. And so now I understand that I live for his glory. You know, that brings him glory. When I can be patient with that person that no one else can be patient with. When I can say, you know what, even though that person goes against everything I believe, I'm going to pray for him. Even though that person did real bad things to me. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to pray for them. That's all right. They're just doing what babies do. Praise the God. <laughs> so, we were created for his glory. So, when, 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 when my spouse and I may have a disagreement, I can now act like I know God. You understand that? If this woman, this lovely, 
woman, just the most beautiful woman in this room, great woman of God. I'm blessed to have her as a wife. Sound pretty good. Okay. If we get into a disagreement, see, now I can respond from this perspective. I was created for his glory, and I know him, and I understand that he is a God of righteousness. He exercises love and kindness. So guess what I don't have to do? I don't have to fly off the handle and go places that as a husband, I should never go. My children, my boys, you know, as their dad and our daughter, even if something happens, I can still operate in a certain level without going overboard, without going outside of the boundaries. You ever see on sports like basketball or football, there's a line, you know, you know, if it's football, I think it's a white line, you know, basketball, maybe black. If you step out, out of bounds, you know, they stop the play. Why do Christians think they can step out of bounds and keep going? Even in sports, they get it up, you overstep, stop. I wonder what would happen if a football player gets the ball, he's running down the sideline, steps out of bounds, and keeps running, and the yellow flags, and they're blowing, and they just stop the clock, and he keeps running, runs into the end zone, you know, spikes the ball, like, yeah, put six points on the board, and demand it. Put six points up on the board. He probably would get escorted out of there. They would say, okay, some performance-enhancing drug has affected his mind now. Get him off the field. But you know what, Christians? That's what we do. We step out of bounds, and we just keep going. And we just keep going. As if we don't know God. As if we weren't created for his glory. Come on, somebody say, I was created for his glory. Yeah. So now I can act like it. So even if she says something to hurt me, and again, this is the most beautiful woman, you know, in the church and in the area right now. When she came into Urbana, and there's nothing against anybody else, but when we pulled up into Urbana, all of a sudden the dynamics changed. She became Miss Urbana. You guys understand that, right? But if she were to say something or do something to hurt me, whether it was intentional or not. Whether I felt like, well, you know better. Now, you know how I feel about that. Guess what? I was created for his glory. So I can tap into some things. Oh, God, my life does not belong to me. Galatians, I think 2.20 says, it's no longer me that I live for. I live for Christ. So you know what? Christ, I need you right now. I need you right now. I was created for your glory. And I'm feeling some kind of way. I got emotions. I got hurt. I got a whole bunch of stuff. I got ego that I'm dealing with. I'm a man. And I got all that going on. But how do you want me to respond to this situation right here? Because I was created for your glory. And he says, forgive her. Okay, 
Matter of fact, he says, apologize to her. Can we, can we talk for a minute? <laughs> he says, listen, it takes faith. And he says this, this is the setup. It's impossible to please me without faith. So understand what you're calling a problem, a situation. I'm working it all for your good, Romans 8.28. And I'm going to use this situation to cause you to be pleasing to me. So, okay. If I use my faith, then I'm pleasing to you. Yes. Okay, God. Give me the strength and the mindset to apologize to her. I, I feel like I haven't done anything wrong, but this is what you say, so okay. And guess what? He gives me what I need, and I can say, well, babe, you know, I'm sorry. And I didn't do it for her. I did it for him. So if she says, right, you are sorry, you know, I don't get all, you know, I don't go over, you know, out of bounds, you know, because <laughs> I did it for him. Now, I'm just picking, you know, that's my wife, so I, I can pick on her, you know. But, but, but you understand that if I'm going to go where he wants me to go, do what he wants me to do, I got to keep this in mind. I was created for his glory. So, you know what, it's really not about me and what I think. But here's how good he is, and I'm going to wrap this up. Here's how good he is. In Matthew 6.33, we know that scripture. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all its righteousness. And guess what? All these other things get added. He goes, it's a setup. If you do what I want you to do, guess what will happen? I'll be glorified. You'll be blessed. Guess what will happen? You will get the desires of your heart. He says, because I won't hold those things back. He said, and it's a setup, because if you do what I want you to do, then my purpose is great. It's the greatest thing in your life. So guess what? Here's the great exchange. The things that you want in life end up lining up with what I want you to have in life. So it's a setup. And I make the process hard because I don't always want to keep him first. And then I step out of bounds, you know, and, 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 but I keep running. I'm out of order, you know, and things aren't happening. You ever seen a vending machine that's out of order? You put the right money in, hit F1 for the Pringles or pretzels or whatever. Guess what? F1 doesn't move, you know. F3 moves, you know, and it's... You know, something that you don't want. You know what I mean? And it's like, but, I, but it's out of order. Even though the right things are being done to it, it doesn't respond the way it should. And when I don't keep him first and understand that I was created for his glory, guess what? I'm out of order. And then the right responses don't come. You know, instead of blessing you, I, I hate you. Now, I won't call it hate, but that's what it is, you know. Won't pray for you, won't bless you, you know. Won't do anything, won't say a kind word to you. Ah, okay, 
It's more like, it's more like hate than like. <laughs> so, we wrap this up. I have been changed. You have been changed. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15, it says it's the love of Christ that constrains us or controls us. So every decision, every response, everything that I do in life should be under the control of the love of Jesus Christ. And if I live that way, if I purpose myself, if I focus myself, then guess what? It's, I, I have no choice but to be blessed. Now, it doesn't mean that I won't go through hardships because Jesus already told me, I think in John 16, 33, I think it is, that listen, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. So guess what? Bad things happen to good people. Why? I really don't have the greatest answer, but I know we live in a fallen world. I know that the Bible says that the prince of this world is the devil. Well, since he's the prince of this world, I know there's bad things, you know, just in the system of the world. But Jesus said this. He said, but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. So he's let me know that no matter what you come up against, no matter how much the treatment was unfair and it never should have happened and it wasn't your fault and, and it's not because of you, Jesus says, don't worry about that because I've overcome that. In me is peace. And I understand today peace is not the absence of conflict. It's the assurance that everything's going to be all right. So now I even look at that different. Man, I don't say this. I don't have peace because problems come. Oh, that's when I start singing. I have peace because this is going to work for my good. How can that work for your good? I don't know. It's not up to me to work that out. God says he will do it. I just believe him at his word. Can we say amen to that? So now I live like that. Oh, God, I'm created for your glory. You know, come home. Uh, we, we went and did some missions work and preached and all that. Came home. 24 hours of flying. You know, backside in pain, you know. Uh, sweaty, having taken a shower, having brushed my teeth in a while, you know. Came home. First thing we do, we go grocery shopping. I'm created for his glory. The house needed some groceries. I normally do the grocery shopping anyway. You know, wife's like, hey, you know, it's about time to go grocery shopping. You know, and I could have said, well, you know what, I'd rather go home and Lay down, and she'd have been fine with that. I said, come on, let's go. Fresh off the plane. Well, not fresh, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but right off the plane. You know, she said I was decent, so I didn't smell too bad. You know, just a little bit, you know, a little spicy, you know, maybe. Anyway, that's another thing. You know, <laughs> and then we get home, and the gutter's hanging off from the side of the house. There was a storm. Me and the oldest boy, you know. Up on the ladder, trying to figure it out, you know. And he gets a chance to show me how ripped he is. You know, he took his shirt off, you know. He's 
Dad, do you want me to go up on the ladder? Sure. Then I say, did I take my shirt off? No, no. <laughs> no, I did not. I let him have that moment. But I'm created for his glory. So I end with this. The Bible says that whatever you do, whether eat or drink, whatsoever you do, do for the glory of So it's real simple. That's, that's who we are. And this world needs that. This world needs to see what does it really look like when someone does everything for the glory of the Lord. You say, well, what if I make mistakes? Ask for forgiveness and get right back at it. Ask for forgiveness and live like it never happened. You know that's what forgiveness is. You know, he says, your sins and iniquities I remember no more. So guess what? When my wife asks me for forgiveness, guess what I'm not allowed to do? Bring it back up, whatever she asked me for forgiveness for. Because then that would be anti-God. Because that's not how he forgives. And I don't want nothing about me anti-God or anti-Christ. Never looked at unforgiveness as anti-Christ. Oh, yes, it is. That very act on the cross was for forgiveness. So that's who we are. That's who we are. Come on, let's pray. Just bow your heads. Father, in the name of Jesus. Now, God, I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you, Father, that this touched areas beyond my understanding. That your word went forth. And it went forth in such a way, although I may not know what everyone is dealing with and going through, you know, and you took the word and you took it there. You provided a way of escape. You provided encouragement. You provided peace. You provided correction. You provided direction, God, and I thank you for it. I thank you, Father, that you are not done with this church, with this group of people. There is yet more to come. God, we just honor you today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Real quick, real quick. Is there, is there, real quick, is there any sickness in the house today? Any sickness? Anybody battling pain or anything like that? If that's you, lift your hand right now. Okay, okay, a couple people. All right. Come on up here, real quick, real quick. I think I still got three minutes. <laughs> Stand right here. What's your pain? Shoulder and leg. Get behind him. Opposite side. Man, you just getting, getting you know, pain level one to ten. Ten. Gosh, that's painful. Come on, stretch your hands to him. Father, in the name of Jesus, we were created for your glory, God. And right now, I curse this pain, Father. I curse this damage to the shoulder and rotator cuff, Father. I curse it. And, ah, yeah, I feel it. In Jesus' name, in Jesus, I curse this. I curse this. And in Jesus' name, I command this pain to come out of him. And I loose the working of miracles right now. I speak that this, this, this pain, this, this damage just be healed and made whole. I loose the working of miracles in Jesus' name. Okay, what you got? What you got? Going down to a five. Wow. 
Let me ask you a question. You want to keep that five or you want, okay. You want it down to zero. Well, I believe if we prayed and it dropped to a five, I believe if we pray again. You know, Jesus prayed for a guy twice one time. He couldn't see. And he prayed. He said, I see people, men, but they look like trees. Jesus prayed again. I just think if we pray again, you know, Jesus will do it. Amen. Come on. Father, in the name of Jesus, now God, all the way for your glory, God, I curse this pain. And in Jesus' name, I command it to come out of him, and I loose the working of miracles, God, for your glory. In Jesus' name. Okay, what you got? What you got? Better. Pain level? Like what? Tell me, you know. Two or three. How about that other pain? That's still there? <laughs> so so no no pain? No pain? No. Not in your leg. Okay. We didn't even touch your leg. I mean, so that's how good God is. He's like, Rick, you forgot about his leg, you know. <laughs> So just a little bit, God, all the way for your glory. God, I thank you. All the way, all the way, God. I pre God, I thank you that you've put it back in place, Father. I thank you that you've put it back in place, God, for your glory, God. We thank you, Father. Total healing, Father, wholeness. Now, I loose this miracle on him now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a hand praise today. Hallelujah. If you in pain too? There was one other person. Who was it? It was her and yeah, come on up here. Come on up here. Your shoulder too? You should have ran up here, man, you know. Let's get his shoulder too. Which which shoulder is it? Same one? And tingling in your arm. You should have ran up here. Hey, I want some of that too. How did that happen? I don't know. You don't know? Okay. How long has that been like that? A week. Pain level one to ten? Eight. Father, right now, God, I curse. I curse this pinched nerve, Father, and in the name of Jesus, I curse this and I command this pain to come out of him, and I loose the working of miracles right now, God. I speak, Father, that flow, blood flow and circulation God, all be restored right now in the name of Jesus, God. And I speak that this be put back in place, Father, in Jesus' name. I curse this pain, come out of him, and we loose the working of miracles right now in Jesus' name. Okay, what you got? What you got? You couldn't do that before? Uh-uh. Okay. What about the pain and the tingling? Tell me about that. It's just tingling down there. What, was it tingling? The whole arm was tingling, and now it's just in in in, in your finger in your fingers. You want to keep that, or you? Okay, I wouldn't want to keep it. You know, come on, all the way, God, for your glory. We curse this tingling, this numbness, and in Jesus' name, we command it to come out of him, and we loose the working of miracles, God, for your glory. In Jesus' name. All right, what you got? Not there. All right. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What you got? Mm -hmm.
I know. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Irritates. Okay. We gonna we gonna handle that. Yes. Now put put. Yeah, I'd rather my wife's hand be right there. Praise <laughs> the Lord. <laughs> now, Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I curse this pinched nerve and this pain. And in Jesus' name, I command it to come out of her. And I loose the working of miracles, God. I speak health and strength to this hip area right now in Jesus' name for your glory. Amen. Amen. Okay, check, 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 check. All right. What we got? Feels a little better. Okay, but still feel, yeah, okay, no, no problem, no problem. Father, in the name of Jesus, now God, for your glory, we curse this pain. We command this pain in the name of Jesus to come out of her, and we loose the working of miracles right now, God, for your glory, Lord, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name, okay? Better. You still feel like a little bit, was. not like it was. Yeah. Okay, it's gonna. It's called the working of miracles. Okay, so it's just gonna come all the way. Come on, Father, in the name of Jesus, God, all the way for Your glory, God. I thank You for this total healing in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. How's that eye? Still there. Now, God, right now, in the name of Jesus. I command this pain and whatever this damage is, whatever this foreign object is, I command it in Jesus' name to come out of her and I loose the working of miracles, God, right now for your glory, God, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Feels better. But it feels better, but you feel like something's still there. Okay. The doctor couldn't find anything. Okay. Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that whatever foreign objects, glitter, whatever it may be, and the scarring that's happened, God, I curse all this. Yes. I command the pain, Father, to come out, and I loose the word. I speak a creative miracle, Father, that this, the glitter or whatever it is would come out and this eye would totally be restored. And I thank you for the pain being gone in Jesus' name. Amen. What you got now? Tell me what's different from now as opposed to when you first came up. Felt like poking. Okay. Well, that's a big difference. I don't well, feel it poking. You don't feel it poking. No. You feel like you need to go wipe it out? Yeah. Go wipe it out. <laughs> Amen. 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 Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Man, I'm a couple minutes over. Okay, I'm sorry about that. Father, we just thank you for a great service. God, I thank you, Father, that the people here are blessed. 
I speak blessing. I release blessing over this congregation, Father. And I thank you, Father, that their latter years will be greater than their former years. I thank you, Father. There's no hopelessness here. There's no depression here, God. We are so excited about you that it's going to cause us to step out in faith in ways we haven't before. And we count it done in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. You are dismissed. Amen.